The Free Vision app is where you'll find a growing range of on-demand audio and video to help you look to God daily. Search Vision Christian Media in your app store. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. An opportunity today to get an update on the amazing work of the Christian ministry that flies over jungles, mountains, swamps and deserts to bring medical care, emergency relief, long-term development and the good news of Jesus. Ian McDougall is the General Manager of Mission Aviation Fellowship. And one of the things Mission Aviation Fellowship, or MAF as they are known for short, is in transporting God's love into places that other people just won't go. Uh, Let's welcome Ian McDougall. Hello, Ian. Welcome along to 2020. Well, thank you very much for the invitation and great to hear your voice today. Well, Ian, you have an amazing organization. It's not just in Australia. It's worldwide in the reach of MAF. Uh, 1,250 staff around the world. It's much bigger than maybe many people listening to our conversation today might think. Absolutely. And not only that, we we work in over 25 countries around the world and we have 57 Australians serving on the field currently and they're serving in countries like Timor-Leste, Papua New Guinea, Arnhem Land, Mariba and Cairns, as well as Kenya, South Sudan and Uganda. And so those bases in Australia, they're in the north of the nation. And so you've got these easy steps across the ocean to Timor-Leste or up into Papua New Guinea or out to South Pacific Islands. You're strategically placed in places like Cairns and Mariba and in Arnhem Land. Yes, that's correct. And in Cairns and Mariba, we have our, our key base of where our management is held and also our training operations. And so out of Mariba Airport, um, we have a training area there for new students coming through as well as uh, retraining and relicensing for the uh, pilots that are going through as well as Mariba is our heavy engineering base which assists us in making sure that all those aircraft in those regions are fully maintained to CASA regulations and flying requirements. How do you describe the fleet the way it looks at the present time Ian? Uh, There is over 140 aircraft, and most of those are from two-seat to 22-seat. So the largest aircraft we have is 22-seat flying out of Papua New Guinea, and then we go down to two-seat, which are training aircraft, and also for short-run operations, such as in South Sudan, where we run a Cessna 182, which traverses across small areas of uh, that country. Now, I imagine that most people who'd come to serve in MAF as a pilot, and I know that there's a lot of other people who serve in a lot of different areas as well, but I assume that most of them come already as established pilots, but you're actually training up your own pilots as well. That's correct. That's correct. Up in Mariba, we have a program called MAFTC, which is a training centre, and that is a pilot school. And so people who want to go along can get trained up as a bush pilot, general aviation. They'll come out with a a CPL, which is a commercial pilot's license for general aviation. And then they go through aptitude tests for bush piloting. 
And then once they're on the field, they'll start, say, working in Arnhem Land, and then the world is open to them through any of the MAF international programs. Ian, give us a general, in a nutshell, idea of what a day in the life of a bush pilot might look like in MAF. Well, it starts early, and uh, what they do is they're, they're usually living in homeland, and they will start off in the morning with checking their uh, checking their booking roster, their flying times. They will get up and, and go to the airport and fuel up the plane, make sure that it is flight ready and safe to take off. They will then check in their passengers because in most of the regions we work in, there's no there's not an international airport or an airport as we see it. Most of the time it's a tin roof and four poles holding it up on a piece of dirt. And so the pilots will then push their aircraft out, make sure they're fully loaded and then strap everybody in and any of the products in them to make sure they're safe and then they'll take off. And say in Arnhem Land, they'll do a 20-minute flight and then they'll drop their passengers and their cargo off. And we cover everything from cargo right through to passengers. I had the privilege of being in Papua New Guinea one time where we were carrying live pigs uh, from one area to another. And so that's pretty exciting when you've got squealing pigs on your aircraft. (laughs) And in Papua New Guinea, that's quite valuable cargo. It is very valuable cargo. It is very valuable cargo. The other thing I've, I've had the privilege of sitting in is having a thousand chicks being moved from one area where a person's grown those chicks and moved them across so that they could start a new chicken farm in another area of Papua New Guinea so that people have a livelihood that uh, can step forward and, and change their life. And, I, and that's the part of what we do is that we fly for life. We do everything from transportation of product right through to medivacs where we've seen people who have been been picked up after a two-day journey to one of our our landing strips we've picked them up flown them 20 minutes 30 minutes to a clinic where the doctors could work and then they could have their lives saved and we've seen many babies who have been born through that process and we're very privileged to see that and then be able to fly them back home where they can walk back to their home village It's a whole other dimension, isn't it? Because when we think of missionaries in the mission fields, people who are carrying the precious cargo of the Bible and working with those people who are nationals in those lands, uh, establishing the church, preaching the gospel, all those sorts of good things you think of in ministry, but you don't think of those who are behind the scenes so much, those who are carrying the people, the pigs, the chickens and the cargo. Uh, This is what you guys do, and it's just a part of day-to-day activity and mission. Yeah, it is. And and to give you an idea of that, we've just recently helped move um, 12,000 brand new Bibles to the Barker people out in South Sudan. And we flew the product. SIL had translated through Whitcliffe Bible Translators, had translated the Bible to the Barker language. They didn't know how to get them out there. And we said, bring them to us. And we've been transporting them out Every time we have a weight restriction on the aircraft, we could add a box or two. And by the time we'd finished, we'd moved 40 cartons of Bibles across, which was 12,000 Bibles, which now they've got to distribute in their own language. And one of the things that came out of that was was an interesting comment from one of the, the, the junior pastors. He said that how he always felt that he couldn't explain God's word but now he has the Bible in front of him, which SIL and Wycliffe had put together, 
and we transport it to assist them to get it done. And they've got the word of God in their hand and they in their language where they can understand it and learn about Jesus. As I understand it, Ian, 60,000 flights last year and yes. 160,000 passengers transported. Uh, 39,000 hours flown by MAF pilots. Uh, it really is the glue that holds everything together in some sense when it comes to Christian mission. Yes, that's right. We we work with over 1,500 national groups and, and organisations that are working. So whenever a, a church group or a missionary needs to get somewhere, and I'll use an example of Arnhem Land, one of the pastors who works out of Arnhem Land, it takes him three days to get to a homeland by vehicle. We fly him in 20 minutes and he gets to spend an extra three days with the families on the field. And that's where you can see God's love working because he's got an attempt to sit down with them and spend time with them instead of traversing the country to get to them. Ian McDougall, our guest, he's General Manager of Mission Aviation Fellowship in Australia. We'll talk some more with Ian in just... We're talking about one of those amazing mission organisations that really is the glue that holds a lot of Christian mission together, the work of Mission Aviation Fellowship. We're talking with Ian McDougall, who's the General Manager of Mission Aviation Fellowship in Australia. You do amazing work, Ian. And sometimes I suspect that there might be many in churches around the nation who are not so familiar with the work of MAF and would be supporters if they knew that you were there. You're doing some good things to raise the profile of MAF in a significant way. One of those is a new documentary you're working on. Yes, that's right. We're uh, putting together a documentary about MAF. It's going to be about 10 minutes long, so it's not too long for anyone to watch. But the idea is that it's going to be about flying for life. It's it's to share about what we do and how we do it, how we, how we assist people daily in our work. Because MAF is a transportation organisation and our job is to transport Christ's love into the remote areas. In a short phrase, we call it flying for life. In another phrase that the guys use on the field is we're bringing hope to the remote. And by doing that, we're sharing his love through the work. And the videos that we're putting together in this documentary especially is going to talk about the safety and the love of what we do and how we do it. We're actually talking about the different countries that we service. We service over 25 countries. And then how we can work together to make a difference as one group. When we talk about safety, uh, there's a real reputation for MAF as being the ones who will fly oftentimes where it's not so safe. Obviously, you've got your own uh, safety foundations in place. But when you talk about places like South Sudan or even indeed uh, even landing on some of those airstrips in Papua New Guinea, for some, they'll say that's like landing on the side of a mountain. Uh, you guys are renowned for being uh, able to go to places that are quite dangerous. Yes, and that and that is part of our training. We we train the guys to understand and be aware of their surroundings, and their their bush pilot trade is is um, amazing. We have some of the, I believe, some of the world's greatest people who have talents and skills that God's in, in, in bestowed and endowed on them that they can then look at and see that this is not a difficult thing. And yet, to us, who are passengers, we look at where they're going to land and go, really? They're going to put that on two degrees and 450 metres? 
and yet these guys look at it as we're just going to land on a, on a mountainside, as you say, five and a half thousand feet in the air. And I think that's the exciting part about it. The other component is that we spend a lot of time, every pilot goes through a check and training process so that they're trained by a pilot who's already landed on that strip and every strip is is check and trained through the process. So an experienced pilot will teach a new pilot who then becomes experienced, then they'll teach the new pilot coming into the program. So it is a long process for each of our pilots, but also the engineers that look after these aircraft Every 100 hours of flying, the engineers check the aircraft over completely. Every 1,000 hours of flying, we strip the aircraft down and put it back together again to make sure it is completely safe for those pilots to fly in those arduous areas. And there's areas like in Arnhem Land where it is flat flying, but you're flying in very extreme heat or very extreme wet because we know up in Arnhem Land there's only two seasons, the wet and the dry. And that's where these guys need to understand what they're doing at all times and keep their wits about them. And they pray that God will be with them in the flying seat the whole time because they know how important it is to traverse those areas and give God's glory to the people at the other end. And for those Aussie pilots who are learning the culture and being part of the ministry here in Australia, opportunities open up all over the world, don't they? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We've... We've got pilots working in, in South Sudan. We've got pilots working in Kenya. We've got per, pilots who have worked in, working in Bangladesh right at the moment. We've got pilots who have been working in Mongolia, Papua New Guinea, Timor-Leste, and, uh, and they come through the program and they share a beautiful bond. And the, and the, the gentlemen who fly and the ladies, because we've got female pilots as well, we don't restrict this, they all have one bond, and that is Jesus as their core companion in all they do. And they trust the engineers of doing their work and also the ground crew. We have IT, we have program managers, we have operations managers. We have all of these staff. In fact, to give you a statistic, for every one pilot that is flying, we have eight ground staff looking after him to make sure that he or she is flying in safety. I imagine that as you're growing the base, the ministry base, uh, recruitment of staff and pilots, that somehow or other a lot of that happens word of mouth. Uh, But some of that too will happen with the the rise of profile. Even in our conversation today, someone will be inspired to get in touch with you. How do you actually make that connection and become an MAF ministry servant, whether you're a pilot or one of those other eight ground staff? Yeah, well, there's a couple of ways of doing it. You can ring the office direct, but the main one is going to the website, www.maf.org.au, and go onto that website and link in and connect with us. Send us an email, and there is five email program that goes through explaining who we are, what we are, why we do things. And then those five emails give you an opportunity to look at all the roles and the positions that we've got available. So there's, there's IT roles, there's finance manager roles, there's program manager roles, there is flying, there is, we're looking for school teachers right at the moment who, who have a school teaching role in Arnhem Land. So there's a many positions available. And if you contact us through the website and you can see what the jobs are, we can then align you to what's the best and we will go through a process of preparation 
and interview and make sure that you and your family and if you're if you're married with your family the kids are all understanding that this is a mission role and the importance of what you're doing and then we work through a process of getting you ready to go to the field and no doubt there'll be some financial needs too and no doubt you'd want a few more financial partners because when you've got projects like the one that is all about getting a new training aircraft into operation in North Queensland for next year, no doubt you'd appreciate people who are sympathetic to those needs. I'll point people to the website yes. where they can connect with MAF, Mission Aviation Fellowship. It's MAF. Dot org dot au. Ian McDougall is the General Manager of Mission Aviation Fellowship. Ian, great talking to you. Thanks so much for taking some time to share your heart with us today on 2020. No, thank you very much, Neil, and appreciate your time. And to all your listeners, may your Christmas coming up be enjoyable. It's a short while. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.